You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken LaVica. Yeah, as I suspected, Friday Night Lights is just making up players in the Honda Classic field. Yeah. So if you went and bought passes for the Honda Classic because you heard moments ago Stone uh, predicted that Jordan Spieth was going to have a big weekend at PGA National. He'll be there in spirit. I got bad news for you. <laughs> yeah, he'll be there in spirit. He won't He won't actually tangibly be there hitting a ball, though. Jordan Spieth, not in the Honda Classic <laughs> field. Uh, but who is? Well, there's the Vegas favorite, Sung J.M. So, Roy, if you want to know who might win the Honda Classic this weekend at PGA National, Sung J.M., uh, a former champion, uh, he's at plus 1,400. Daniel Berger, who I mentioned, who actually is playing the Dwyer alum, has a little bit of a bad back, though. So I might be staying away from him if I were to put money on it. He's at plus 1,600. Joaquin Neiman, who won mm-hmm. uh, at Riviera this past weekend, uh, plus 1,800. And how do I know all of these things, by the way? Because I am the host of the only golf radio show in Palm Beach County in the Treasure Coast, Honda Classic Live. Here. Yeah? Bing uh, bong. That's right. Damn right. Uh, Brooks Kepka, uh, plus 2,000. I at plus two thousand. I'm taking the Brooks Kepka. You know yeah. what they call that value. That's that's right. Gotta uh, be. Uh, Louis Oosthuizen, Tommy Fleetwood, Billy Horschel, Shane Lowry, Matthew Wolf, the Jupiter resident. They're all in. Uh, Ricky Fowler is in the field. So there you go. The way you're nailing these names, I can tell you host the only golf show <laughs> in Palm Beach County in the Treasure Coast. That's right. That's right. Uh, absolutely right. You know what? Just for old times' sake, since I do. Oh, I was the only uh, golf radio show in Palm Beach County in the Treasure Coast. I think it's deserving of, of, of one more of those, please. Bing so. bong. Thank Pretty you. Nice. We are presented by... The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Uh, I want to real quick get to social media about Jawan Howard. Uh, Chris Lemley tweeting, my problem with the Howard situation is I didn't hear, is one I didn't hear mentioned. He's a coach, which means teacher. So now if one of his players throws hands on the floor because he got pushed, Jawan better not say a word because he has condoned it. He also condoned pawning off any responsibility for personal action. So his players are now allowed to point the finger or blame at anyone else. Bad reps, bad coaching, get an F in class. Well, that's a bad teacher. Those are my two issues. And listen, all of this goes away if Juwan Howard at some point says, that's on me. Like, I, I screwed up. Other people could screw up. He is the one who threw a hand or an arm or a palm or whatever you want to call it. And he has yet to acknowledge any sort of wrongdoing in the thing. And that's my biggest issue with Juwan Howard right now. Yeah, he, he is at fault. And like he said, again, that's why I think it's a lot different. It, it's viewed a lot different if this was the, in the NBA when back when he was an assistant coach on the bench. Uh, being the head coach of a college basketball program, a leader of young men, a leader of people. Like, these are kids. You think about guys like, you don't say this much when you're an NBA player, but college basketball players say things like, father figures, second father mm-hmm. when referring to some of their college or high school basketball coaches. That's what he is to many of those guys on his bench and on his team. Yeah. And that's a bad example. Yeah. And it's not like these guys are infants. You know, like I, I get it. Uh, these college basketball players, these aren't really kids. No. They're legal adults. No, I get that. I understand that. But at that level where guys are still impressionable, especially Very a guy like Juwan Howard. Yeah. Especially with that guy. NBA champion. Yeah. You can't be... Throwing hands at another coach. 
at anyone. Or palms. Or palms. Yeah. Or trying to, yeah, like skull grab <laughs> he somebody. Tried to, he tried to grab his head like the claw machine. In, the, in, in, <laughs> in Toy Story? Yeah, or what you see at like a bowling alley? Yeah. But I think you're right. Like he was going to try and do is bring him through three different people so he could yeah. start punching him. Because, you know, he did. We have to credit him for being responsible. Because if he throws a punch, just throws a punch, he might actually hit somebody that wasn't his target. Yeah. So he tried to pull him closer <laughs> so, so he can give no, it all to him. Yeah, no collateral damage. <laughs> exactly. This is all for you, buddy. Right. But you can't, you can't, you, you, you just, you can't punch other coaches. Can't do it. And uh, you can't even set that precedent. And that is why Michigan has already come out and said, we don't condone our coaches' actions. That's why the Big Ten is going to suspend him a long time because you can't open a Pandora's box with that. You just absolutely cannot do it. Ken Levick alive, and here's a Pandora's box you should open. Buying a Kia from Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. That is the best Pandora's box you can open because that means you're just going to keep going back over and over and over and over again. It means you're going to tell your significant other, hey, you should go get a Kia, Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Hey, uh, daughter, you're 16. Let's go get a, a, a Kia, a Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Hey, nephew, this is a good call. Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. And... Uh, the only reason that I think this is a great idea is because I've experienced it. I got my Kia K5 GT in stone. You've seen it sparkling blue on the sixth floor out in the sun, the beating hot sun oh, of our parking you? garage. Thanks, Phyllis Point Towers. That's yeah, nice. that is me. That's yeah, yeah. But luckily, even though the inside of my car gets roasting hot, thanks, Phyllis Point, it is. <laughs> it, it looks gorgeous in the sun. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. I love that car. You're going to love your car buying experience at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Why, Ken? Why? I don't like buying cars too much pressure good thing i've had similar experiences to you this is as stress-free as you're going to find they're not trying to push a car on you they're not trying to bamboozle you uh-uh, they're trying to help you they're trying to assist you hey what are you looking for well in my case it was something good for the family but something a little fun something a little sporty i don't like big cars i like sedans and i want something that's going to be fuel efficient Said, so, hmm, check, 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 check. Ah, Kia K5 GT. Let's go check it out. I test drove it, fell in love. The rest is history. Oh, my credit is bad. I don't know what to do. I can't afford this. Ah, ah, ah. There's a credit clinic on site. Bank representatives are there at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach to find a creditor that's going to help you out so you're not sleepless at night wondering how you're going to afford this car on a month to month basis. They have all the bases covered. That's Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Check out the selection online. Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach.com. Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach.com. Half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport off Military Trail. And you know you're there because there's a big old Kia logo right in front of Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Stone, let's do presidential trivia. Contractually mandated presidential trivia on this President's Day, courtesy of your friends here at Ken Levick Alive. And this is actually... And get ready for it, Stone. This is a a twosome of information, a twosome of presidential trivia. I know that you have been waiting all day for this. Well, really, the last, like, ten minutes or so, actually. Let's talk about James Madison, shall we? Weighing in at a lean 100 pounds, he was five foot four inches tall, the country's shortest president in history, James Madison. And lightest. And wow. lightest, yes. One five four, one hundred pounds. That's what they call dainty. Yeah, like I could, I could like pick him up and throw him. Yeah, yeah, he is like kind of far, maybe like maybe not super far, but far enough to hurt him. How yeah. many, how many reps on the bench press with James Madison on the ball? You can absolutely one hundred. Yeah. 
I would be throwing that around. Like that's a pretty easy deadlift for you, right, Stone? Absolutely. Yeah. Come on. With those thighs, let's go thick. <laughs> With a lot of C's. That's Stone Labanowitz, baby. Friday Night Lights has those thick thighs. Uh, <laughs> that's right. William Howard Taft, weighing over 300 pounds. Taft holds the undesirable distinction of being the heaviest U.S. president. Now, Farmer's Almanac, where these are coming from, why is that undesirable? Maybe you want to be 300. Yeah. Maybe three bills is okay. A popular legend claims that Taft once got stuck in the White House bathtub. This appears, though, to be untrue, which is the most disappointing presidential uh, fact of all time because I always thought he got stuck in the bathtub. Yeah, like didn't they teach us that in school? I learned that. It was like in my book. Mm -hmm. I want to say there was like a picture of him stuck in the bathtub in my book. You know what? I'd even respect it. Be like, you know what? That guy didn't care so much. That he let himself go to a point where he got stuck in the tub. And you know what? I respect that. Live your life. Live your life. You're president. No one can say anything to you. You're president. If your president gets stuck in the tub, I'm the president. I don't care. Yeah. Also, that's kind of a disrespectful rumor spread in the first place. Well, I'm sure the Taft family at some point was like, uh, (laughs) hey, uh, we probably need to look at this because I'm sick of this being taught in schools, in actual history books. (laughs) Such a weird Because you're right. I learned it in school that he got stuck in a bathtub. (laughs) Like, I know nothing else other than he was big and got yeah. stuck in a bathtub. Like, I don't know yeah. any of his William Howard Taft did nothing else as president other than get stuck in the tub. And now that, but, but here's the thing. If I am William Howard Taft's family, conversely, if that's the only thing anyone knows of our ancestor and bad. his presidential contribution, at least it's something, right? Yeah, it's not bad. And also, it could be worse. You could be like Thomas Jefferson, who uh, we know a little too much on him and the, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. wrongdoings and stuff like that. So at least he doesn't have that negative aura. It's just a funny thing. But also, if we're drafting a football team, I mean, Taft's got to be like at least a second-round pick. Second round's accurate. Like, I mean, out of presidents, mm-hmm. Taft's got to be up there. You need a good old line to protect I was a guy like say, Stone. He's definitely a guard, right? He's, he's, uh, he's a guard. left guard. Um, uh, speaking of embarrassing, though, that brings us to another contractually mandated <laughs> presidential fact, courtesy of your friends at Ken Levick Alive, and that is William Henry Harrison from the great state of Indiana. This long-winded politician gave the longest inaugural address in history while standing without a coat in inclement weather. He caught pneumonia and died a month later, the shortest-serving president in United States history. Now, when you say that, I, rem- I remember it, but also I had forgot the details of that, and <laughs> that is terrible. Yeah, he's a dope. Like, I'm Man, glad- he rest in peace, but he's a dope. I'm kind of glad he didn't serve as president because if you were foolish enough to do that, Bad decision do I want making. you leading the country? Yeah, exactly. I wish he didn't die, but, yeah. you know. Well, he learned his lesson. <laughs> I don't think he learned it. I think yeah, it's it true. Was a, it was a permanent lesson. <laughs> yeah. It was a permanent ending to that. William Henry Harrison. Three names, but one month in the Oval Office. Oh he may not have even walked into the Oval Office. One month as president, William Henry Harrison. Uh, All right, we're done with that. Let's get to the listening lunch, the audio clips that you need to hear. And we talk about them as... Eat your lunch on this Monday, President's Day Monday. And if your kids are off school and it's making your life difficult... I can commiserate. I feel you. I know it. And there's no reason for our kids to be off on President's Day for President's Day to be an actual thing. Let us start with Jimmy Butler, the Lone Heat player representative this weekend in Cleveland. And I was entertained by Jimmy Butler because at one point this weekend, he talked about how in a group chat, he had Kyle Lowry and Bam Adebayo texted him pictures by the pool <laughs> enjoying their all-star break while he was in snowy uh, icy cold cleveland but also before the game this was from saturday jimmy butler talking about what uh what he was gonna do 
with Eric Spolstra, who was coaching the opposing team. I'm glad I get to be with a real coach like Coach Monta Williams over here for a change. <laughs> no, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I'm gonna talk some trash to him, and I can't get in trouble for it because he is the enemy for at least this weekend. So uh, I'll definitely take advantage of that. I feel so fortunate that Jimmy is the only one who had to go up to Cleveland. That's only going to bode well oh, yeah. for the Heat. Yeah. I mean, Bam getting some time to rest. Kyle Lowry getting some time to rest. God knows they need it. They've missed too many games. Tyler Hero getting some time to rest. This is good. I really think everything is shaping up for the Heat to be top two seed in the East. Um, breaking news, by the way, brought to you by St. Lucie Battery and Tire. Goran Dragic who was bought out after being traded, signed by the Brooklyn Nets. Mm. Goran Dragic is going to Brooklyn. More Kyrie insurance. Yeah. Sucks because I wanted him on the Heat, but I just don't know where the Heat would use him. Yeah. There is there's really no no sense spot for him in the rotation. It, it wouldn't make sense. Plus, you got Oladipo, you know, supposedly yeah. here, there, coming back. You know, so, yeah, the Heat should be set. Let's head to football. Brian Flores, former... Dolphins head coach on the I Am Athlete podcast with Brandon Marshall, Ocho Cinco, and my friend Omar Kelly from the Sun Sentinel. Brian Flores talking about hiring practices and what can be done to improve hiring practices amongst minorities and in particular black candidates in the NFL. Why is it that we want to be coaches so bad knowing that these owners don't even feel comfortable with us in that position. There's a a heart a heart change that needs to happen. I think there's a you know, I think something's got to we got to open our minds up. Or the ownership has to open be more open-minded about about black minorities, women, um, and their ability to lead. I know one thing. You know, if I'm going to have somebody, if it's fourth down, you know, I'm I'm, I'm telling my coaches, hey, look, we got to get the ball to our best players. You know, and that's based off of past production. I'm not sure that's the case in the in the in the, in the hiring, hiring circles. In the hiring circles. It's not. You know? It definitely and I think, not. Right. I think that's an easy kind of uh, 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 you know comparison. You know, if I if it's, if it's fourth and one, I want the ball to go to my best players. Uh here's my my I I, I get the analogy, but here's my problem with it coming from Brian Flores because uh Stone, do you recall who the ball consistently went to on fourth and one this year? With the Dolphins? Get Jalen. No. Oh, Miles Gaskin, right? No. Jacoby Brissett. Oh. Jacoby Brissett was always the fourth and one guy brought into the oh. game to lean over the line of scrimmage. No. Not try to catch the defense off guard with Jalen Waddle. <laughs> no. Not try to roll out your quarterback. No. Just bowl your backup quarterback through a sketchy offensive line. So, Brian... <laughs> I understand the crusade you're going on, and I stand behind it. But your analogy game needs to get much stronger yeah. because that's a bad look. Uh, you as head coach didn't get the ball to your best player on fourth and one. Yikes. You can't use that analogy when you're trying to fight systemic racism in NFL hiring. No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he and his lawyers have been fumbling the bag a lot through yeah. this process. It's almost like a weird lack of preparedness, it feels like. Fumbling, but, fumbling the bag is... 
is spot on. Yeah, like you're literally fumbling the bag. Yeah, as a football reference and the bag because they're doing a lawsuit. That's yeah. why you're a professional. Yeah, I mean, you know. and I did feel good when I saw that Brian Flores was hired as linebackers coach and associate defensive coach uh, for the Steelers. He is way overqualified for right? that position. The Steelers end up coming out looking real good on this because. They're gonna be good. I mean, they're the Rooney. He's good. They got a black head coach. They yeah. got a black. They got a guy that should be a head coach. I can't wait to see side. how the meeting, the first awkward meeting between Brian Flores and Mika Fitzpatrick goes. Oh, I forgot about that. Speak, that was bad. Speaking of Cardi B, how about uh, in Coral Gables that one linebacker coach that is now uh, on staff, Charlie Strong. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. That's a good staff. That's a good great. staff. Why did staff? You say, speaking of Cardi B. Yeah, I didn't understand we that did, either. Well, I remember, I remember we did our big game oh, fishing. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh. And Cardi B had his big game fishing, and Charlie Strong is yeah, the most right. overqualified linebacking coach in you're, the NCAA. That is a great point. That is a great point. Yeah. That, that's that's very, very true. And what Mario Cristobal is putting together. Oh, boy. I mean, Man. if if the, the production on the field can match the, 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 the overall coaching talent of this staff, I mean, things are going to be good yeah. with the Canes. Somebody said if they don't have the most talented roster in 2024, then they fail. It was Josh Pate. Yeah, it was from Josh 247. Pate. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, I they, mean, they should, though, right? Like, yeah. how do you not? How do you not? They have the. That's a really good coaching staff. It, it's the best. It's the best staff. in the ACC. Yeah. I mean, they're half the SEC schools. More than half would see what what Mario Cristobal's put together Ooh. in Coral Gables and say. Uh, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. that. That's what Josh Pate said. He said, there's never been a team in the ACC where you see their staff and you're like, wow, yeah, this is the first one. It's yeah. really, really impressive. Just like the Steelers impressive going and snatching up Brian Flores. And again, he's the most overqualified linebackers coach in the NFL, and he deserves a better job. Yes. Unfortunately, his lawyers, I think, have cost him uh, the chance at actually having a job that he's qualified for this yeah. season. But... It does make me think that maybe just maybe the head coaching future of Brian Flores isn't necessarily dead. Yeah, he's back in the NFL. Nor should it be dead, and nor should it have ever been dead. Um, and I also wanted to to uh, hear Brian Flores on, again, this is the I Am Athlete podcast, uh, about how he believes that race absolutely played a part in his firing as Dolphins head coach. The day you were fired when Steve Ross was making the announcement was that he struggled to work collaboratively with all of us. And it was portrayed as if you were difficult to work with. But I think race race played a role in in, in my firing. There were things that I was asked to do. There were conversations that were had. I was made out to be a difficult person to work with. I think... You know, my white counterparts wouldn't have been asked to do the things I was asked to do and wouldn't have, uh, you know, wouldn't have been put in situations that I was put into. So I think race definitely played a role in um, in my firing. I don't know if that, I know that played a role in it. See, all that stuff is way too opaque, though. Yeah, it's tough. I, I, it's fine. Race definitely played a part in my firing. But what in particular? What would you have been asked to do that your white counterparts weren't asked mm. to do? I, I just, I can't think of something where that would actually be applicable. And it, he obviously feels that way. So I'm, who am I to diminish that or overly question it? But 
You can't just say race played a part and then completely ignore the fact that he had 17 offensive coordinators in three years. He hired an offensive line coach that filmed himself doing coke on a table at the team facility Mm. that he could not keep a coaching staff together, that he made bad assistant hires. He had an offensive line coach who 15 weeks during the course of this season couldn't name an improvement that the offensive line had made collectively. His penchant for terrible decisions to review plays that destroyed game plans because he didn't have any timeouts left. Pulling your rookie quarterback over and over and over again in the fourth quarter. All of these things, it's easy to just say, eh, it had to do with race. No, you could, any sane person could have made, even, even with his record, could have made a case for why Brian Flores shouldn't be the coach anymore. Easily. You can make a case for it. Another thing I will say uh, on this, again, I just think Flores and his team are doing a bad job of constructing a case. Also, I can also say it is tough. In 2022, we all know that racism is still live, breathing, and well in America. Completely. It's in the the threads. not even a question. And we all know that within the NFL's hiring and firing practices, race plays a role in many of them. I mean, the numbers prove it. I'm a fan of the Panthers. Dave Tepper said he literally hired Matt Rule because he reminded of himself. You know, a grungy white guy that doesn't like to dress well. Like, and and and, and Matt Rule is sticking around probably because again, he 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 he's a guy that they can relate to. But, but Theo, they re-signed Cam Newton. How dare you? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, but what I will say is, it's hard in 2022 to to literally define what what feels like things that could be racist because. It's not like the 60s and 50s when it was just so blatant. Like, we can't just point to, oh, he called me this. He said it's going to be more covert. I just think he needs to, if he's going to make those claims, that's why you don't make those claims unless you have just, some something to yeah, put behind just it. Present, we present just present present something. Yeah. I want to I want to go to battle with Brian Flores, but he's making it so damned difficult. Yeah. yeah, but then also I can also say on the other side of the coin, I mean, a guy like Adam Gase within his own division – was terrible and then gets another job the no, next you're right. year. You're and right. it's like, so white guys in those positions get the benefit of the doubt and get the, oh, well, we'll give him a second, third chance, whatnot. Brian Flores had a team that uh, for two years overachieved at the end of the day. I mean, this Dolphins team we thought should have been a playoff team at the beginning of the year. They showed us they weren't talented enough to do so. Yeah. He still carried them to a winning record. Sure. If he was a white guy, he would have likely been retained. David Cully, what he did with the Texans. If he was a white guy, he would have likely been uh, retained. He was that was just embarrassing, fired. yeah. I mean, black guys in the NFL more so than in other professional leagues get fired without the benefit of the doubt that yeah. white guys do. I mean, look at the Lions right now. I mean, their best years were under who? Jim Caldwell, mm-hmm. who had them at winning seasons. Now a guy like, uh, I forget his name, Dan Kneebiter. Campbell. Dan Campbell. <laughs> yeah, who I, I like. I prefer to reference him as Kneebiter yeah. from here on out. But who I like, I like Dan Campbell. I think he's a good guy, could pr- probably be a good coach. Well, how many games did they win? Three maybe this year? And yeah. one of them was against the Packers in Week 18. Like, And he gets retained. I mean, what was different between what he did and, and what David, David Culley did? No, you're right. So it's just like, there's... If you look at the stats, even if you look at case by case, race plays a role. But if you're the guy in that situation, like Brian Flores, you have to try. You got to give us more to work. Yeah, with. you have to. I, again, I I agree with the cause, and I want to back him in the cause. Yeah. But give me a reason. Give me something to cling to. Yeah. Give me something to use as ammunition with this. And the Adam Gase analogy you make is correct, and it's off-putting. 
But what I will say then, and this is me focusing from a football standpoint, and I already made the football case for why Brian Flores, certainly there was enough evidence to fire him. Adam Gase destroyed a franchise quarterback. (laughs) Brian Flores arguably destroyed a franchise quarterback. If you destroy a franchise quarterback in the NFL, Stone, what is ultimately the solution going to be? Get rid of him. Yes. Okay? So that's what it comes down to. That has nothing to do with race. That has to do with pulling him out of games repeatedly in the fourth quarter and keeping him reined in and then benching him, telling people, oh, I didn't bench him, but you actually did yeah, bench him. Yeah. It's, it's listen, Brian Flores, I again, I, I want to fight this with him, but damn it, man, come on. Give us something. Flores never went to bat for Tua and made it like abundantly clear. Like Stephen Ross wanted guys like Herbert yeah. or whoever else was in the draft. Flores never went no. to bat for Tua. Never, never, not at all. And the fans did. Like we, we gave him a shot. Like we were Tua people yeah. through and through. And now we are more than ever. But yeah, he never gave him a shot. Brian Flores in full though. I am athlete pod. Great work by Brandon Marshall, Ocho Cinco, and uh, Omar Kelly of the Sun Sentinel. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. That'll do it for our listening lunch. When we return, what the hell was that on NBA All Star Saturday night? <laughs> I, I I don't know if it was the, the Pinot Noir I was drinking Saturday night, Pino. but that seemed especially horrific. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levicka. Still some time to get in your nominations for the president of Sports Weekend Bad. We're going to be electing a new president on this President's Day. Our nominees in what today has been our bad convention, Jawan Howard, LeBron James, Greg Gard, Dwayne Wade, all a part of the nominations for the president of Sports Weekend Bad. Ken Levick Alive is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Time now for another piece of presidential factum contractually mandated from your friends at Ken Levick Alive. This one has to do with directions. John Adams Adams and his entire family wandered aimlessly in the woods for hours before they finally found their way to their new home at the White House. Mm. John they, Adams. They didn't know the address. Didn't know the address. I learned that in school too. Sixteen hundred pin. Mm-hmm. What happened? I know. What's up with these guys? He, he didn't have a, he didn't have a phone back there. There's no he GPS was, back then. He was straight tracking. Oh, yeah, they're yeah. like, hey, go find the uh, the the house that's white. Look like, for the right. cherry tree. Yeah, look for the believe, cherry trees. I can't believe the president of the United States couldn't afford a GPS. I couldn't afford a GPS. <laughs> so this guy sucks, whoever he is. What's his name again? John, John Adams. Adams. Well, well, this guy sucks, man. Yeah. Broke. Several centuries ago. <laughs> Just use your GPS, man. Just use your GPS. You got a compass or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're the president. Find someone who can easily uh, traverse the terrain for you and help you yeah. get to, uh, to to the White House. Uh, Saturday night, speaking of, of things that sucked and were trash, NBA All-Star Saturday night, which I enjoy. Sometimes it's train wrecky. That makes it better. But when the entire thing is a train wreck... That's a problem. This was an especially bad watch. I don't know if, and, and I like Brian Anderson a lot, but the fact that Kevin Harlan wasn't involved was sort of a red flag to me that things might go sideways, yeah. and it only got worse. So the skills competition, it started there where I knew, uh-oh, we're going to have some major, major problems. Uh, you have Giannis 
Antenna Kupo and his brothers, <laughs> a three-man team against yeah. a three-man team of Cleveland Cavaliers and then a three-man team of rookies. And as opposed to just going through a course like they usually do for the skills competition, it's actually a series of individual skills that then culminate in points and then there is a final skills competition that gives you points, and they try and go from there. Now, first things first, the broadcasters, other than Brian Anderson, it was Dwayne Wade and who else, Reggie? It was Reggie. They didn't know the rules to this thing. Yeah. They had no idea. Like, Dwayne Wade especially. And this is why I know that he had to have had some drinks in him. Because he, he could not understand. The first part was you shoot from these different uh, – it was sort of like uh, – um, the MTV, uh, the former MTV show, like the, 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 I can't remember the name of it, whatever jams, where they would have celebrities play, and there was like a 50-point shot, and there was like a 30-point shot, depending on where you are on the floor, Dan Cortez, yeah. all that stuff. Okay. But you would have like a five-point shot, you have a three-point shot, two-point shot. It's and you not stand NBA on, jams, No, 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 no. Come no. on, man. <laughs> you stand on these games. dots. You stand on these dots, and the, however many points you get is, you know, based on if you make the shot on this certain dot. Okay. Dwayne Dwayne could not figure it out. He thought you had to go in order, like the three-point competition. Yeah. And it was a mess. And, of course, Giannis and his brothers, they can't shoot. Oh, that, why would they be a team for that? Giannis hit his first three, and then the Lieutenant Kupos in any of the skills never hit another shot. <laughs> but you it, you didn't even need to make the threes. Like, halfway through, they were like, just shoot them, jack them up, jack them up. Like, they didn't count. Like, they just went on to the next thing. Well, you're thing. talking about, the, you're talking about oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the skills competition at the end. Yeah, that was especially infuriating. Yeah. There was an actual skills competition because they went shooting, then they went passing. Yeah. Then they had the, the actual, like, obstacle course, like we're used to at the skills competition. And so you just go like American Gladiators from one thing to another, right? <laughs> yeah. And so they get to a shooting part. It's a corner three. And all of these contestants are trying to make these threes when Reggie Miller is screaming at them, you can literally just knock the balls off the rack and run to the next thing. And nobody caught on to it. Yeah. It's so uh, somehow, because the Antenna Kupos sucked better <laughs> than the other teams, they had to go to some like playoff. And it turns out that they just had to shoot like a 12-footer. Yeah, it was that just was one That was the tiebreaker. Was it 12-footer? Uh, so the Cavaliers won it because the Antenna Kupos can't shoot. Right. Giannis's brothers are clearly just in the league because they're Giannis's brothers. Yeah. I mean, they are bad at basketball. They're not very – I mean, they don't even look – when they're out there in game, like, they, they look like the football player who's on the basketball court. They, I love they that. They play and look like that. Yeah. They're not coordinated. Yeah. They can't shoot. Uh, Thanasis during the shooting competition, his shot—I've oh never seen this God. before. His his shot, his jump shot rotates sideways. Yo. I've never seen. How do you even do that? It's impeccable. Sideways. So we need to we need to take one thing we could do is either bash on how terrible they are or just appreciate that somehow, some way, Giannis became. One of the 10, 15 greatest basketball yeah. players of all time. It's incredible. Out of that bloodline. And he <laughs> only, he hit the only jump shot, I think, of, yeah. of all. I think Thanasis might have hit a corner three, but Thanasis' jump shot uh. goes sideways. That like denies, that, that defies physics. Yeah. Like uh, Isaac Newton is rolling in his grave right now, wondering how in God's name <laughs> Thanasis and Tenacupo is in the NBA with a jump shot that rotates sideways. Yeah. But then. From there, before the three-point competition, what do we do? Nah, not a musical guest. Nah, not a not a, an in-depth, maybe fun interview. Oh my! Not a feature to uh, uh, bestow upon us the virtues of Cleveland. 
We have the Currys out there hawking a new TV show that they have that is basically a ripoff of the newlywed game. <laughs> so Steph comes out there with his wife, and they both get booed. Merciless. Yeah. And it was awkward. Very awkward. And it was an awkward smile. And, and what's, uh, what's Steph's wife's name again? Aisha. Aisha deserved the booze after what she said following that uh, 2016 finals. What'd she say again? She tweeted out, like, right after they lost Game 7, she tweeted out, like, oh, the NBA is rigged. Yeah, oh, like, yeah, yeah, all yeah. Kinda, it was, that but was, like, ridiculous. Aisha, like, you could tell, she was a little bit caught off guard by it. And then, who did they bring out? Did they, uh... Like two Chains, two maybe? Chains. Two Chains and his two wife chain. came yeah. For a newlywed game competition, where they had to drink a specific color Gatorade to answer yes or no while they're blindfolded, and the crowd was dead. Yeah. When I mean dead, I mean dead. Not a single reaction to anything. They want to see the three-point contest and poor Stephanie Reedy, who is the the on-court reporter for the All-Star Game, she's trying to run this game show. I hope they paid her so much extra yeah. to put herself through that. It was awkward. It was uncomfortable. It was bad television. It was roasted on social media. Yeah. What a waste. I, I legit, I'm drinking Pinot, and I was like, man, maybe this is just the wine. But I am not enjoying this. But you would think the wine would make me at least, you yeah. know, have find something good with it. I had to text Stone. I texted Friday Night Lights. I'm like, are you watching this bleep? <laughs> and it was so bad I said no, but I was actually sitting on the couch and it was in front of me. But I was But zoned it never out caught talk- his attention. It never I was talking. Yeah. So I was like, no. And he's like explaining it. And I was like, you know what? I, it's I actually right in front of me. <laughs> I am watching. That Steph Curry show is gonna last six episodes and it's done. <laughs> it's gone. Whatever happens to the Dwayne Wade show? The, uh, the game show? That was actually a pretty decent show. I, I, I got stuck watching it at, when I was up at TV a few times. It was good. I forgot what it's called. Like The Box, I think. <laughs> it's called The Box, I think. I, I, I never saw it. I'm this up. Okay, it was pretty decent. I saw Whatever. a movie called that one time, too, but we won't discuss that. And then there's, oh, okay. uh, and then there's the, the three-point contest was actually good. Yeah. Like, I enjoyed that because it's the head. three. It's like we were saying on Friday, Stone. The three-point contest should be the feature event of the evening. Yeah. It's where guys maximum effort, and they all want to win, and, and it's competitive. stars will compete in it. Carl yeah. Anthony Towns, that's a cool story. Big man went in the three-point competition. Biggest underdog. Trey Young was in the three-point competition. There were a number of names, guys you know. That's good. And you're right, it's competitive. And I like the, the neon green Mountain Dew Bowl. Yeah. It's good. It's good stuff. And then came the slam dunk competition. I don't. I'm not saying we need to old yeller it. I'm not saying we need to put it down or put it out of its misery, but we need something better than that. I mean, Jalen Green embarrassed himself. Jalen Green flat out embarrassed yeah. himself. He's got little hands, I think. He he he's something's wrong with him, or he needs knee implants or something because yeah. he wasn't getting up. He couldn't get to the rim. He had nine tries at one dunk, nine, and at no point did he say, "Yeah, you know what? Maybe I should go to a backup dunk." Uh-uh. He tried the same dunk nine straight times to a point where Kareem Abdul-Jabbar just got up out of his seat and walked out of the arena. Yeah. This was the single worst slam dunk contest in the history of this competition. For I mean, sure. I, I, I was embarrassed. Yeah. It, it, didn't help, um, it didn't help that the names weren't that big, for one. Not big at all. Uh, not big at all. I mean, Juan Toscano-Anderson found his way into the dunk yeah, contest. Yeah, he sure did. Um, found his way into the final round. Into the final round where he proceeded to miss his first three dunks. Yeah. So all Obi Toppin had to do, and Obi Toppin acted like he had <laughs> he had he had revolutionized the dunk game because he hit the basketball off the backboard and then dunked it, and then he immediately lands and he, go to the replay. Yeah. Go to the re-, and then I saw the replay and I'm like, yeah, we, 
Cool. Yeah. And also, he Good tried dunk. it. He tried it and missed it first, so we knew uh, what he was doing already. Right. We didn't need a replay. Yeah, yeah. Dwayne Wade was like, he really wanted to get that off. Oh, Obi yeah. Toppin thought he was going to get on the replay, like, oohs <laughs> and ahs, and he got crickets. You know the funniest part was Obi Toppin, you could tell he had been watching old slam dunk contest videos because he kept doing the Vince Carter it's over thing. Right. And he was doing that like... Before he even made his first dunk, <laughs> when he was on, I was like, "Why does he keep doing that? He hasn't, he hasn't done anything." Is yet. he telling us to stop the competition? Because I'm what? ready for the competition to end. Actually, hey, the greatest ending to that dunk contest would have been <laughs> if just like the judges just got up and was like, "Nobody gets to win this." What year. if they shut the lights off and just told everybody to go yeah. home? You know, not here. It should have been midway through Jalen Green's 50th attempt, where they were just like, "You know what? Pack your bags, everybody. We're gonna oh, end it." Man. That would have made for great TV. And it would have been a deserving ending because yeah. now we have a slam dunk champion in Obi Toppin. So now Michael Jordan, uh, uh, Vince Carter, and Obi Toppin are slam dunk champions. Yep. Congratulations, Knicks fans. Your guy won the worst slam dunk contest <laughs> of all time. That is the most appropriate winner you could have had in the worst slam dunk contest ever. A Nick. Yeah. An underwhelming second year Obi Toppin. Uh-huh. But, but what Knicks fans are going to do is they're going to act like, our, our guy, Obi's the future. They're going to head out outside Madison Square Garden and start jumping on cars. They're going to ask for a, a banner to be raised. It's just better when a <laughs> Nick wins it. No. Your team is trash, and you won the trashiest slam dunk contest ever. Yeah. Like, it sums it great. Up. Congrats. Yeah. Congrats, trash bags. <laughs> but it, it was that was that was bad television. The vast majority of that was bad television. I don't know where they go from here. Because that skills competition needs to be revised. They should ban any Antetokounmpo not named Giannis from anything involving All-Star Weekend from yeah. here to the end of time. Yeah. Uh the slam dunk contest, get some people that can do it. Like try. Just yeah. try. And, and I thought we were Cole Anthony with the Tims. I liked it. Yeah, good start. And then it wasn't good anymore. But then he couldn't. And then was, he embarrassed his dad. He embarrassed his poor father, too, bringing him out there as a prop. Yeah. And you could tell his dad wanted to just get off the floor. Yeah. Also, also appropriate for the Knicks, though, to come out and disappoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were, the fact that multiple Knicks came out and disappointed us on, on Saturday was the most appropriate part to this All-Star Saturday. And then and, and Juan Toscano-Anderson jumping over 6'8", Andrew Wiggins. That was a weird thing, too. I was like, for one, why would you pick Andrew Wiggins, the most obscure yeah. all-star yeah. in in the all-star game? And then also you're jumping over a 6'8 guy after just last year we saw somebody jump over, like, Taco Fall. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Was, it, was, it was ridiculous. It's like, uh, yeah, th- there, is, there is no reason for it. And if I'm Jason Richardson and Juan Toscano Anderson was putting on my jersey, I'd be like, no, no, uh, no, no, you, no, hey, no, no, please yo, don't do this. How great with that? We, just, we You know what we need? We need Kanye West-style intera- interventions in the middle of these uh, bad slam dunk contests. <laughs> no, like, no, 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 no. A legend's like, no. I'll let you finish. Yeah, but he has to take, take my jersey off. <laughs> take off that jersey, okay? Uh, Ken LeVick alive here on ESPN 106.3. Uh, let me tell you about Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates personal injury attorneys. If you have a slip and fall or a motorcycle accident or an automobile accident or a boating accident, he's got your back. Pat Lawler, my good friend and uh, one of the most trustworthy human beings you're going to find in South Florida. I tell you, this personal injury lawyer game, it can be seedy. It can be dicey. And that's why you need someone you can trust. Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates personal injury attorneys, you can trust him. And the first, the first sign of that is the free consultation. WantToLawyerUp.com. WantToLawyerUp.com because he's in it to win it for you. They're in it to win it for you. They want to make sure that they can get you the compensation that you deserve. That's Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates personal injury attorneys, decades of trial experience. 
He's got you. That's Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates, personal injury trial attorneys. When we come back, and I cannot wait for this, time to visit the Temple of Troll with Theo Dorsey. WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levicka. We're live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levicka. Presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Hey, real quick, I want to tell you about EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is, yes, EDS Air Conditioning, a train comfort specialist. They use the best equipment. Get your AC right. It is about to get warm and hot and sticky and awful and uncomfortable. If your AC starts sputtering out, starts going down, that's a problem. That gets really expensive. Maintenance, good. But if you need a replacement, if you waited too long, don't punish yourself. Just get a hold of EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is yes. Again, a train comfort specialist. They've been doing it since 2006. They're family owned and operated. They know South Florida and their working appointment schedules around you. Trying to make it as convenient as possible. EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is yes. Go to edsairconditioning.com. Set up your appointment. edsairconditioning.com. They handle your plumbing needs as well. EDS is yes. EDS Air Conditioning. Hallelujah, everybody. Time to get to our knees and pray. It is time now for Theo Dorsey's Temple of Troll. Congregation, it's time to hear the good word. He prays for your sports pain. Rocio then rejoices and preaches pettiness. Theo Dorsey is in his bully pulpit in the Temple of Troll. One of the most petty men we know, Theo Dorsey. Preach away, friend. Cleveland, this is for you. (laughs) You know, the funniest part about All-Star Weekend was how they were breaking down the doors to get into the Cleveland International Airport, whatever it's called. I wouldn't know because I don't go to get out of Cleveland after that All-Star Weekend. Not only did you guys host the worst slam dunk contest of all time, also, you boo Stephen Curry all weekend long only for him to get the 50 points in All-Star MVP. Not even looking at his threes. And just, just ripping it up. And also, I, this is my favorite part of the whole weekend. LeBron openly flirting with returning to Cleveland. I hope King James returns because everybody's waiting on his next ring. I just want to see him leave Cleveland one last time. <laughs> leave those fans crying, sobbing, and burning jerseys for one last time. That's better to me than three more NBA Finals for LeBron James. Just to see him go back, just to break their hearts again. Cleveland, this is for you. You're always going to be sad and in the dumps. And also, I'm, I'm glad you were able to have All-Star Weekend, too, though. That's cool. Oh, that was actually a really nice, heartwarming ending to yeah. the Temple of Troll. I'm happy they got something in town to have fun with, you know? I am glad that Cleveland drew your ire. I'm glad you referenced LeBron James because time now to announce our president of Sports Weekend <laughs> Bad. And our new president of Sports Weekend Bad is the king himself, LeBron James. Let's see it from Macri. LeBron making All-Star Weekend all about himself. <laughs> a man who left the city twice. But because he brought them one, count them one championship, he expected a hero's welcome. Mm. And it's continued into today. As he posted on Instagram after saying, Hey, Cleveland, I'm not closing the door on you. Mm. Telling the athletic, Hey, the door's not closed on a return to Cleveland. After saying that he counted as a Cleveland All Star, (laughs) he also took to Instagram and said his game winning shot last night was for Cleveland. LeBron Uh. making it all about himself. 
He has earned president of Sports Weekend Bad. Theo's back tomorrow. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. Still on the Banowitz Friday Night Lights. Well done. I'm Ken Lavica. We've been live on ESPN 106.3.